What is up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 10 of Wex Appeal Barbells, Beats, and Buffoonery. I am your host, Wex, and I'm super happy that you are on this adventure with me. Episode number 10, fun fact, 10 is my favorite number of all time. I, I, I just like that number. It's a good, clean number, number 10. That's my number. So I'm super excited about today's episode. In fact, I'm so excited about today's episode that we actually turned it into two episodes. We had to because it got really long. I was going to put it all together in one big super episode, but we're going to do a part A and a part B. So I hope that you stick around for both. They were a lot of fun to record. Before we begin, though, go and follow us on social media. That would be a huge favor to me. Go and follow on social media. On Instagram is kind of where we do most of the things. Uh, Instagram at Wex Appeal Podcast or on Facebook, Wex Appeal Podcast on Facebook as well. You can follow me on both of those sites. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZooCoachWex. Uh, ZooCoachWex is the Twitter handle. Uh, I don't do a lot of stuff there, I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of Twitter myself, personally. Um, I've even went and started a whole parlor thing, but I don't even know what that whole thing is. People wanting to start a new Facebook with parlor, but uh, I think I follow like two people. And I think I only follow them because I've been trying to get them on the show. So. Whatever social media platform you can find it on, go and find it. Follow us, support us, and help us out. That would be fantastic. As far as supporting, just to let you know, we do have a promotion going right now for a t-shirt. If you want the first edition Wex Appeal podcast shirt, it's a black shirt, yellow writing with the Wex Appeal logo on it, please do so. And uh, you can find a link in the Instagram bio. Or you can go to Facebook and see the post where we posted the link for the shirt. You can actually see the shirt. That shirt is only going to be on sale for another, I believe, 10 days. It is a limited edition. And once the shirts sell, they are gone. So we are not doing a second run of them, um, at least not right now. Uh, this is actually also a fundraiser. So it helps provide um, funds for the show so that we can do bigger and better things just for you. So go like it on Instagram, check the bio and find the link for the shirt, get one. And if you get one, please post a picture and let me know that you got one because I'm probably going to be entering some people into a contest that got the shirt and help them, uh, give them, you know, maybe like a Duke Cannon prize pack. Speaking of Duke Cannon, Duke Cannon supply company is one of my favorites as far as, um, soaps, but with the winter coming, and I'm in Florida, so the winter isn't that harsh. But this past week, it did get down to it did get down to the 30s, so got a little cold. Lips got a little chapped. But I found this um, cannon balm. If you're watching this on video, you can actually see it. It is the offensively large lip balm by Duke Cannon Supply Company. It reminds me of Junior Mints. Like when I put it on, it's I, I get that smell of Junior Mints. That that movie candy is one of my favorite movie candies of all time. And I'm giving all sorts of fun facts today. It's a broad spectrum SPF 15 formulated to meet the needs of us military personnel. Gives you that nice little tingle on your lips. When you put it on, it is awesome. The challenge is to try and use all of the lip balm in the tube before you lose it. And that's the challenge. If you can do it, you're probably going to be more of a man than I am because I try to keep on it and keep using it. Uh, but you can see if you're watching this on YouTube, Oh, by the way, other social media site go and like this on YouTube as well uh, you can see this thing is massive and uh, I love it it's good 
So go check out Duke Cannon Supply Company, offensively large lip balm. My endorsement right there. Go pick it up. Use promo code BBWEX10, BBWEX10 to get 10% off your order. Don't just buy lip balm. You get free shipping at $30. Definitely get yourself some soap. They're doing a, they were doing a promotion uh, earlier where if you buy 50, you get two free uh, bars of soap. They've got so much good product. You will be hard pressed to find something that you won't use. There's beard oil. There's beard balm. There's shampoo, shampoo pucks, which is, that's the next one I'm going to try. I haven't tried that one yet. They have the thick wash, the, the body wash. They've got, of course, their soaps. They have their solid colognes. They have their spray colognes. They, they have everything. And it's the holiday season, so they got a lot of great gift packs that you can uh, order for yourself, order for a loved one. I sent them to both my brothers. My brothers have loved the packages that they got for their birthdays this past November. It's just a great company. So remember, use the promo code BBWEX10 to save 10% off of your order or use the link in the Instagram bio to uh, to get to the website that helps as well and drives traffic that way. Without further ado, let me get to our guest today. My guest today is Mr. Tommy Marquez from Talking Elite Fitness Morning Chalk Up and formerly of CrossFit HQ. If you are in the CrossFit world and you don't know who Tommy is, you are not really in the CrossFit world. I will put that out there for you. He is kind of he is one half of the voice of Talking Elite Fitness. Just a couple episodes back, we we got to interview Sean Woodland. Sean and Tommy have been doing the show for about two years now since they were let go from CrossFit HQ, um, and that whole thing changed over, and they have been doing a fantastic job keeping the CrossFit community informed of everything that's going on, but also they have a lot of fun. Um, if you listen to their, their latest episode, we're on episode 10. They're on episode 100. Um, so they hung out with the buttery bros who hopefully we'll get them on the show too, but, uh, man, they just, they do a great job of involving everybody, of keeping everyone informed, but also having a lot of fun at the same time, um, with segments like crazy things they saw this week, their podium picks, go check out their show for sure on talking elite fitness. You can also find them on, um, YouTube talking elite fitness on YouTube as well. And like I said, go like the Wex appeal YouTube as well. We need subscribers. We need to get that thing up and rolling. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, this is a long podcast. We started to uh, get into some things, and then about halfway through, <laughs> we realized that we both had to be somewhere, and we hadn't finished our conversation. So he said, hey, let's do this like two nights from now. So we met up one night, and then on another night, uh, two nights after that, and we finished it out. So you're going to get to hear the first half now, and the second half is coming uh, very, very soon as well. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Tommy Marquez. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is episode number 10. We, we are into double digits now, and I have... My next guest here, he is a former CrossFit HQ employee. He is co-host to one of my favorite podcasts, which is Talking Elite Fitness. You are also a writer on the Morning Chalk Up. And, I mean, you're an on-camera analyst, you're a host, you're a producer, journalist. I, I mean, you've got a laundry list of, of accolades and things that you do and many hats. Um, so, Tommy, how are you doing so far? 
I am doing great, man. Uh, thanks for that phenomenal intro. Wow. <laughs> Maybe sound way cooler than I am. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you do. I mean, I don't lie when I say you have a lot of hats, like, you, you know, from going back to when I was introduced to you, you know, through, you know, CrossFit HQ and watching the, you know, the update shows and all those sorts of things. And then of course, you know, the morning chalk up and transfer, you know, transitioning over to talking elite fitness, you're everywhere. You're also on the, you also make time to do buttery bros videos and run around in, uh, which costume were you? you oh, were, I, I was Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Run around as Spider-Man. I mean, come on, you're busy. You, you, you do a lot. So, um, you know, how, first of all, how was, how was Thanksgiving? I know we're, it's the first 2020 quarantine Thanksgiving and, you know, kind of the, the weirdness of that. And, you know, how did that go for you? Uh, it went really well, actually, you know, obviously stayed around in town. Um, my, my fiance and I's parents both live, are in the same home, same hometown as a, a okay. uh, so, and they live 10 minutes apart. So my parents were, were, you know, pretty cautious this season around. So we, we went and had an early dinner slash lunch with her mom and her grandma and her and people who, that we've kind of been in the same kind of close circle with. And then sure. we went and had uh, a later dinner with my parents as well. Um, just okay. so we kind of like were able to see both sides of the family, but keep it relatively separate and keep the circle small. And, um, and you know, also double up on food because that's, that's, oh, that's important. <laughs> and leftovers too, so. Listen, I, it's what today we're recording this on Sunday. I I just finished off the one of the desserts. Um, mm. My mother-in-law actually brought this huge. It, it the only way I can explain it. I've never seen anything like it before. It was an eclair casserole. So think of a chocolate eclair, mm -hmm. and in a casserole form, and it basically a thick layer of chocolate on top, with these like cream filling insides and then kind of like a graham cracker like kind of layer like a lasagna layer of, of like graham cracker you know crust in the middle oh wow oh, dude. <laughs> yeah oh, i mean you you eat it and it's immediate regret it's like oh i i want more but yeah. I, I it's it was it, it was delicious so finally that's gone it, and it was and i mean it was an entire sheet it was a it was a big it was a big deal oh i, yeah, I, I got it. I got bad looks from my kids as I was eating the last piece of it. <laughs> they walked out into the they walked out into the uh, into the living room as I had the because whenever you eat the last piece of something, you always take the entire plate. Like mm -hmm. you don't dirty a plate. Yeah. You take the whole take the pie plate or this is a casserole dish. So I'm sitting on the couch with a casserole dish. <laughs> just just going to town and it was a small piece. My kids are just like, I can't believe you ate the last piece. I'm like, Dad tax. Yep. It, Dad, it is what it is. Sure. And and yeah. I'm doing this for your good. You know? Exactly. You healthier by destroying my own body. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, same same on our end. We I mean, we were very small. Um, really, the only people in town were my um, my wife's uh, parents and her sister usually is in town, but they went to visit her boyfriend's family and stuff. So it was just kind of a little small gathering. And then all my extended fam or all my family or immediate family is up in Massachusetts. So oh, obviously right. no, or, or anything like that. So, okay. you know, we, we did the FaceTime thing and, you know, talk back and forth, but you know, all in all, it was a great day. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, we watched, bring up a sore subject. We just ate and watched football. My, my condolences to you. Yeah. Um, oh. 
<laughs> that would hurt. That would hurt a little bit. <laughs> that one was rough. My, so my wife is a huge football fan as well, and she looks over at me and she's like, "They got beat by somebody without a name. Like the team doesn't even have a name." Nope. <laughs> the Washington. Team. Oh so, man. Oh, it was. Uh, one of my cousins is a is a red. Uh, almost I almost said the the, the R word. Uh, don't do a, it. A Washington football team fan, and every, usually every year we always have Thanksgiving together, so we usually yeah. kind of get to kind of jaw back and forth and, you know, you know, talk smack on the NFC East. And he just, he just texted me like right after the touchdown interception return touchdown combo. And he was just like, oof, that's about it. He's like, that's rough. And I'm like, yeah, man, well, good luck making the playoffs. You guys, you guys are having it, have it in hand. And when you uh, get, when you get beat so bad that the other person who's rooting against you is like, Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I don't, I don't, want, I don't want your pity, but I'll take it just because <laughs> it's the only thing that's keeping me going right now. But hey, you're still in the hunt because the NFC East is awful. <laughs> yeah. At three and eight, we're only a game out. So. Yeah. Well, when I was joking back and forth with Sean, I was like, really, if if they don't get to 500, can we just take that playoff spot and give it to somebody over 500? I, and you know that I was talking to Sean too because obviously he's in the NFC West and it's like such yeah. a like hotly contested division. I said you might not want to win the division. You might want to get the wild card spot and then go travel to the NFC East team and then yeah. rack rack up a win there and then make sure you get into the second round. So I don't know though that that uh, SoFi Stadium is that's a nice place to play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's incredible. So. Talking about sports, since we're on the subject of sports, let's go back and look at uh, look at your sports career. So tell yeah. me a little bit about your background. I know you played high school football and also college lacrosse at uh, uh, Santa Clara University. Mm-hmm. So so I'm going to ask the, the, the question about lacrosse that I'm sure so many people have. Explain to me lacrosse from someone who has absolutely no idea what's going on in lacrosse like okay so lacrosse is basically hockey on a soccer field okay that's pretty much how pretty much how it is you know it's um you have you have uh substitutions on the fly okay you know it's a very physical sport instead of skating you're running around so it's like you know you know you're in cleats and stuff like that but for the most part the passing, the being able to go behind the net, the movement, the flow of the game, the transition is very, very similar to hockey. Um, okay. You know, going even deeper than that, there's a lot of elements that are very similar to other sports. So uh, defense defense is very similar to basketball in terms of, like, man up, zone, shifting, passing off defenders, things like that. The physicality is very similar to football in the open field in terms of contact making hits, things like that. And then I, I, I didn't really have – like hockey is where like the, the stick skills and things like that really comes into play, and I think the overall gameplay and feel kind of uh-huh. kind of takes over. And I think that's – I think there's a reason why I believe lacrosse is actually Canada's national sport and not hockey. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and you see a lot of uh, carryover – you see a lot of Canadians play box lacrosse, uh, lacrosse and like outdoor – as well as hockey, and those are kind of the sports that they that are kind of the centerpiece of their of their athletic endeavors because they're very very similar in a lot in a lot of ways. 
Okay. And, and in both instances, you kind of have to be a, an odd person to be a goalie. So uh, that, that that's another common theme. But it, it was a uh, it was not a sport that I ever played before college. So I picked gotcha. it up when when I got to when I got to school there and um, kind of. So ran how did you get involved in that then? Just from from so, having a football or. Yeah, so I, I uh, in Cal so in California, there's so lacrosse is very much an East Coast game, and California is starting to become a bigger area for it. And mm -hmm. there's pockets of high school, really good high school programs up in San Francisco, down in San Diego, LA, and it's starting to spread across the West Coast. But at the time, we didn't have it in at my high school, which is you know uh, a small school in the center of California in a farm town. So it's not really like we're we're not really progressive in seeking out those sports outside of our immediate bubble. We play a lot of okay. classic sports and I played football. I played basketball. I ran track and I also grew up playing soccer, playing baseball, wrestling a little bit, everything. So the physicality in terms of football and like I mentioned, the defense and movement of basketball was very, was very uh, similar to me. I was a wide receiver in football. So the open field stuff was kind of natural to me. And uh, I originally went to Santa Clara to try and play basketball and mm -hmm. You know, just it. You know, I, I could have worked a little bit harder and and, and and pursued that a little bit better. But ultimately, the draw, the allure of being a, a your you know your normal college student, and, and and my mindset at the time didn't have it in the cards. And after about eight weeks, when I came home for Thanksgiving, I'd put on a significant amount of weight, <laughs> and <laughs> my mom was like, "You got to do something. You know, you you can't just you can't." You can't just sit here and like put on weight like this because I've never I, I was always the skinny kid that couldn't put on weight and sure. So I decided to start training and running a little, little and, more than a little more than the freshman fifteen. He's thirty five actually. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, That'll do it. That's a, that's about four and a half pounds a week if anyone's paying attention. Ooh. So yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty pretty bold. It's amazing yeah. what the human body can accomplish uh, <laughs> when you're dedicated and, and endure. <laughs> yes, exactly. That too. And so I, I started. I started working out again. Started training, playing playing some intramural sports and stuff like that. And I saw the the lacrosse team practicing out on the field. And I went out for a running session and was kind of curious about it. And then some guys from my dorm, along with the coach, saw me running. And they're like, "Dude, you're big. You're fast. You're pretty athletic." From what you know, we played you know intramural football and stuff like that. You should come out and try in lacrosse. We can turn you into a lacrosse player. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. So I went out one day and the coach kind of walked me through. He's like, if I give you a stick and I told you to throw it, how would you do it? Just to see what my instincts were. And apparently I did the, apparently I did the right thing, you know, <laughs> in, in terms of throwing motion. Because he's like, you're a lacrosse player. I'll, I'll, I'll see you next week on Monday. I'll get some gear for you. We'll turn you into a lacrosse player. I'm like, okay. And so that that first year, it was a lot of like basic fundamentals that kids learn when they're like six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> learning at you know 19 and i kind of like worked on the fundamentals then and then you know all four years of college you know played for the team and became a starter and got to got to get you know put together a pretty nice you know collegiate career and playing that in a, in a new sport and i made a ton of new friends and you know you know created this little lax family that was you know very near and dear to my heart and got to travel and do all sorts of things that like I wouldn't trade for anything. That's awesome. And that I love new sports, but then you know, like you see certain outlier sports and, and, I, and I call lacrosse an outlier sport just because it's not one of your, you know, your core four that, that we know from major leagues yeah. and, um, or 
five now. I guess I guess we should include soccer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wrap our arms around that one. You know? uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, because it's not one of those, you know, mainstream, that's more the word I'm looking for, uh, a mainstream sport. It's kind of like, okay, I'm not going to find a whole bunch of people to go out and go learn lacrosse with at, you know, at 40 <laughs> where I'm sitting, you know, and – it's not an easily accessible like pickup sport, you know, like yeah. the, the equipment requirement alone doesn't, it, you know, you're not going to see like casual neighborhood games of lacrosse, you yeah. know, like versus the ball sports where you just need a ball or, yeah. or a ball and a hoop or something like that. Call 10 people. Hey, five on five football, let's go. You know, all, yep. you, need is, all you need is a football and some land and, yeah. and you're that. So, and so you also, you said you wrestled in high school as well? In middle school. So, in yeah, so I wrestled in middle school. And then, um, yeah, so I, I I was always encouraged by my family to just do a little bit of everything. Yeah. And one of the things, and, like, Tiffany, my fiance, would tell you, like, I'm incredibly competitive. Like, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's, like, I'm first learning the game or not. Like, my, my instinct when I see a new game or a new physical endeavor is, like, okay, what is this game? What are the rules? How do I win? All right, let me figure out how to win. And it's not yeah. like, let's play, like, you know, it's fun, obviously. And, and part of the pro learning process is fun to me, but I'm like so competitive in that regard, whether, you know, it's a, a beer dice or, you know, <laughs> or, or that the, the morning class at CrossFit that day, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I, I want to maximize my performance and that pursuit really excites me and it like, you know, fires me up. So I, I think that has kind of driven me exploring things like lacrosse as a new sport at such a late age. Yeah. And I'm the same way as far as competition. I'm like, I don't care what it is. Brand, pick up a brand new video game. If it's, you know, a, a game of beer pong, whatever it is, I'm going to win. And, uh, you know, if I if I lose, it's a bad day. Um, actually, the last we did a Christmas party. I don't so I don't I have barely played beer pong at all. And uh, we went over to my sister in law's uh, house and they had a big Halloween party. Um, I think I said Christmas Halloween party. And we go over there, and that's when I was dressed as Fat Thor. Oh. <laughs> um, but we went over there, and, this, and her um, – I say her boyfriend, but they're basically, they're basically married. I mean they've been together forever. So, um, But her uh, boyfriend's brother was talking smack about, you know, oh, I'm going to show you what, you know, what it is on, on beer pong. And I'm like, I'll play. Like, let's go. And I think he hit the first one. And then it was boom, 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 boom. I, I, I knocked them all down, and he was, he had to drink it all. So, oh, I love I, it. I went on a sweep. Just he's like, "What do you mean you never played?" I'm like, "I don't play, but you know, I'm gonna win." <laughs> so, no, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so going from from wrestling, you also do so you do mixed martial arts now. Mm -hmm. uh, so and, I yeah, so I uh, I've had to take a little hiatus, obviously, with all, a lot of the restrictions from the pandemic sure. but uh like uh i guess uh i guess you could call it a mixture of like classic dutch and kickboxing and like muay thai and then mm -hmm. uh uh, uh jujitsu both like gi and no gi so i, I okay. train those separately my coaches have always wanted me to combine it and do some mma training which i think would be fun um and i'll probably do it at some time in the future you know before kids start coming yeah. and but uh well, but that's the cool thing about that is that you can possibly, once the kids get old enough, involve them in early enough. And 100%. That's yeah. you know that's something you could do with them, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I roll around with my three-year-old all the time. I mean, I, I don't do I don't do any um, actual <laughs> actual <laughs> MMA 
but you know, I watch it on TV enough to <laughs> throw them in yeah. arm bar and, and, and things yeah. like that. But, yeah, totally. I, I think, I think, um, I, I, there's definitely like, I see a ton of value in both creating a comfortable, a level of comfort around the physicality of those things. So in the event of something bad happening, they're not caught completely off guard. And yeah. they have some confidence in both being able to take care of themselves and and handle themselves accordingly in those type of situations. And it's 100% something I'm gonna I'm gonna teach our kids. And it's I mean I've I've noticed huge dividends in my in my life just from one of the things martial arts is great at discipline and really getting you uncom being comfortable with being uncomfortable because yeah. when in a way that's very different than the, the way we use it in CrossFit. Because when someone else is standing there and it's like, if I don't take care of myself, they're going to hurt me or they're going to yeah. put me to sleep or they're going to take one of my limbs from me. Then that is a that is a level of adrenaline and like primal instincts that you have to be able to kind of um, shape and refine a little bit that you don't really get anywhere else. And I, there's a lot to be learned from exploring those kind of corners uh, of, of the human experience, in my opinion. And and I think that's one of the one of the things that I miss with with CrossFit is that person on person, mm -hmm. like like you do. So I mean, I, listen, I love CrossFit. I love everything that we do in CrossFit. I love the competition side of it, but we don't have any elements of it's me and you, like whichever one of us lets go first, that's who wins. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's none of that physicality to it where you know. Like I think you had uh, even joked about with the five on five um, setup with this year's games of doing like a five way tug of war. Yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. You know, just to kind of see how that went. It would be, you know, them physically against each other. And uh, I don't. Did you ever watch um, Steve uh, Steve Austin's uh, Broken Skull Ranch? Yeah. Oh yeah, all the time. Where Tommy the, the, Hackerbrook made that run for like a year and a half that he just smashed everybody before Hunter McIntyre came in. <laughs> Yeah. 400 yeah and like but i loved that kind of show because it was okay you know we're gonna line up and one of us is gonna ring the bell and that I, that's the one thing i miss with, with crossfit but i mean that being said i love 99.9 percent .9 of everything else yeah <laughs> yeah for sure and you even um, get that in, you even get that in other sports too like you know yeah. in basketball if i'm lined up one-on-one -on -one and i've got the ball in my hands it, it in that instance obviously there's team dynamic moving around it but there is an element of like I need to beat my man one on one. I was a wide receiver, so like, like okay. I need to beat my guy. I, it's it's you win or I win every down, repeated, repeated, repeated. So it's um, in many ways you get it in smaller bites, but it gets really kind of hammered home in that in that similar one on one fashion. Yeah, and like I love all types with that. So that being said, and I know I asked you about this before, but you watched the fight the fights last mm -hmm. night. Yeah. <laughs> so. The the we'll get to Tyson and Jones, but the 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 fight that kind of made me laugh the most was Nate Robinson and, Lo, and uh, Jake Paul. Jake Paul, yeah, yep. Jake and Logan, the brothers, right? Yep. Um, so Jake Paul, and um, so the funny thing was, is it actually glitched as I was watching it. So I was watching the second round. It glitched, came back, and when it came back, he was out. So, oh my gosh! So I missed I missed the actual like little sequence where he got knocked down, got back up, and then got knocked out again. But I went back and saw it. <laughs> I mean, I I showed my wife and she was just like, oh oh my. Yeah. And and then Snoop Dogg 
with the with the call. Oh gosh, he, I, I want I want more Snoop Dogg <laughs> live commentary across all sports. I saw a tweet this morning that said they should have Snoop Dogg on the NFL red zone and call it the green zone, and he's just <laughs> super high and calling the football. But well, I it was a very weird pay per view to watch yeah. with with all the different fights and the artists in between. And I was just like, I, I was like, Oh, okay. And, and it was actually, um, sponsored by, what was it? Uh, weed maps. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> sponsored by weed maps. I was like, like, I know Tyson has his own, you know, his own weed farm and, mm-hmm. and all that. And I mean, you know, say what people want to about legalizing. I'm, I'm like, Hey, go ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not something I personally do but I'm not opposed to anybody else. I've tried it and I just, eh, not, I, not your thing. Yeah. It just wasn't my thing, but yeah. you know, it's, it's other people's thing, but it, it, to see it that mainstream as like the title sponsor and the artist literally smoking while they're performing <laughs> at this pay-per-view, it was just, it was, it, it was funny to me. It was definitely, it definitely was like, this is unlike anything I've ever seen before <laughs> in terms of that. And like, there was times I, I remember because a couple in between the the Jake Paul and Nate Robinson fight, and yeah, the Tyson fight, I I was I was telling everyone there I was like I feel bad for the commentators right now because they had to do so much tap dancing to fill time because yeah. anytime a knockout like that happens they're booking the time they're blocking out the time for it to go to eight rounds just in case oh yeah so all that time is just extra time in between where you just got to sit there and tap and sit there and tap. And you've, yep. you've got this collection of characters from Israel Adesanya, you know, Sugar Ray, and then and Snoop Dogg, and then you're trying to you're trying to figure out a way to pull pull insight and information out of these guys, and you know, there's rap music going on and all kinds of craziness. It was like, man, this is this is this is a treat for sure. <laughs> well, what was funny is is and if you watch if you watch the pay per view, if you didn't watch pay per view, like it's worth going back and and like finding you know finding a way and watching it and, and kind of seeing the whole thing but israel adesanya was very like straight laced at the beginning and very mm-hmm. like you know almost like it was an espn you know broadcast and then once one of the artists came up and was i don't even know which which artist it was came up and was dropping bombs left and right and uh and you know smoking weed he loosened up a lot <laughs> he started. He started. <laughs> he started swearing on on the on the commentary and everything. It was like, oh, all bets are off now. You know yep. that, that. Let's let's just go. So it was it was funny to see. Um, and I think one of the announcers even said, he's like, I think I have a contact high. Yeah. <laughs> You're next to me. <laughs> it was uh, it was definitely not. I don't. I mean, I say it's not what I expected. I don't know what I expected going into the, going into that fight. But uh, I mean, I thought the I thought once they got to Tyson Jones. Now the sorry, the fight before that, or which fight uh, was it? Badu Jack. Oh, Badu versus the guy from Sacramento. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, what was his name? Ben. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I want to say I want to say it was like McKernan, but I don't know that it. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Blake McKernan. I think. Maybe? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I felt bad for the guy, but man, Jack was just teeing off on him. But I mean, he he stayed up. Yeah. 
he, he, he had a rock solid chin, man, and he was getting punished like technically. And yeah, it's I mean, Badu Jack's no joke, you know, for, he's no. old, but you know, former multi division champion. But man, and then yeah, Nate Rob had no had no business being in the ring, and that's the thing. Like no. you know, as, as someone who's trained who's trained a decent amount, like the, there's a there's a different there's a such a, a stark difference between like street fights and like bar yeah. fights and the, the whatever goes down there. And then when you're in the ring and now you're using technique and the, the difference between someone who's trained six months and someone who's trained, you know, two years is night yeah. and day. And the end, yeah. you can, it can have devastating results. Oh, yeah. And you saw it. I mean, it was I mean, it, he just he outboxed him on all on all fronts. Then he went and called out Conor McGregor. Mm. Probably not the best idea. I would like no. to see him fight Dylan Dennis just because yeah. Dylan Dennis is one of Conor's boys. And he, he's Dylan's trying to make it his way in the MMA and. He's a jujitsu specialist, but you know that'd yeah. be fun to see them box at least. Yeah, it. it I was impressed with him. Um, if now, on the flip side, obviously with Nate Robinson, that showing being as awful as it was. If you want a good laugh, go to his Twitter feed and go to, <laughs> go to his last post before the fight. And it's like we're about to do this for the family and all for all this. And then just look at all the responses. The <laughs> picture of him face down and the, the quote over top of it. This you? Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's just it's just picture and gif after just one after another. If you, if you want a good solid 15 minutes of laughter, just scroll through his Twitter feed after that fight. And it was it was brutal. Um, he got a, he got beat up worse on Twitter than he did actually in the ring. <laughs> the Internet is undefeated. That's for oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you've so we've kind of gone through your, your sporting career, but let's go to you know where you are professionally now and, and talk about that. So take me back um, to making the jump from CrossFit HQ to all of a sudden the world crashes down. Um, you end up being fired. Um, as many other in HQ were at the same time. And now at that time, were you already writing for Morning Chalk Up? I was not, no. Oh. Uh, I, 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 had, I, had, I had a relationship with Justin um, sure. just because, you know, he, he would reach out from time to time to get confirmation on a few stats or a few things here and there um, mm -hmm. that either I had written or some things that there was some information floating around the community logistically um, for the season or for the sport that it was hard to get confirmation internally from HQ. Like at the time, it's just, they weren't very open. So he would just, you know, he reached out. I can't, I can't remember. I think I met him at the games and then he reached out at one point. He's like, Hey man, like I'm starting this, this newsletter, you know, every once in a while, like I might reach out for a confirmation on something if you don't mind. I was like, yeah, sure. Like it's, it's, you know, it's harmless information. It's not like you know, stuff, stuff that the community shouldn't know. So we had created like a, a, a relationship there from time to time. And, when when everything got so we knew something was going to happen shortly after the games when they announced this changes to the season structure and there was a there was an initial round of layoffs so that that was kind of like even though they told us that we were safe and they they lied to us yeah. and told us <laughs> that we were okay there was that feeling that like something about this has changed now the entire time that I was at CrossFit not a single day did it feel like work. 
Yeah. It was like a bunch of good people in the room. Like, and and now, and to clarify, this is our the group of people that worked at the media office in Scotts Valley is very different from like Greg's inner circle and a yeah. lot of the people that were at the center of that of the, the and rightfully so at the controversy and all that stuff in the past. There, there, we were a kind of a different silo altogether. And anyone who worked there will tell you that it was pretty much a blast to work there. We were yeah. around people that we cared about. We were all working towards a, a common goal. We had um, we had a great time working there every day, and it was just the atmosphere was very fun. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere changed, and it wasn't and and it was weird because it had nothing to do with the people in the room and everything to do with people outside of the, that room that basically came in and you know, for lack of a better term, hit hit us with a drive by, you know, kind of <laughs> farted in the room and then left. <laughs> And we're just we're left there doing like what the heck, you know? And yeah. and and so there was a there was a few weeks after that, after that first round of layoffs where we're like, I something you just have that weird gut feeling, like something bad is about to happen. I don't know why, but something something's yeah. off. Like why why does this not feel the same way? For me personally, some of it had to do with the fact that like my brother was involved in the first round of layoffs and like having oh, to watch your brother worked for HQ as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was a yeah he worked with us on the media team as a production assistant, working in the studio and stuff like that, and okay. editing the update show and doing cutting highlights and stuff like that, and um, and so having to walk him out of the office after getting laid off was just like like for me I, I I'm eight and a half years older than my brother so I take a very like fraternal type role in terms of like uh, how we grew up together, and in many ways I feel responsible for, like for looking after him every, now and sure. then you know. And so having to do that was like, this is something that I should never have to do. And this was something that CrossFit promised me was never in the, in the cards. And th this, this was the embodiment of a broken promise. And yeah. Um, and that was and, when it really and it's different When you're walking somebody out, when they, they did nothing wrong. Like, exactly. One thing is like, Oh, you stole a whole bunch of crap. Yeah. No, you yeah. gotta go is, Oh no, no, they did nothing wrong. And basically being punished for, for nothing. Yeah, it's you know they're basically collateral damage for other people's wars, and it's it was really frustrating at the time. And then obviously we got hit with the weirdly enough the day before, like an hour before we got give we got emailed um, a request to have a meeting with HR. I was in the gym working out at HQ with some friends, and I just had that like you know that weird feeling like man, you know what? I'm gonna go clean out my office a little bit. And I started cleaning up my office. And as I was yeah. up cleaning my office, I got the email for for HR email. And it was just like that kind of whatever. I don't know if it's serendipitous, but it was like all kind of alignment. And it was, we, it was we, a force. Yeah, exactly. I sensed a disturbance in the force, 100%. And we got laid off. And suddenly it was like, oh, wow, this is really real. Like it, like life as we knew it, this 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 journey that we, as we knew it was over, like yeah. this time working for HQ, this time creating something and building something that we had spent so long working hard towards was over. And it really had nothing to do with us, which was frustrating. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the quality of our work. It had nothing to do with the value and, and efficacy of our work and had everything to do with, you know, personal grudges and, and things like that. And that, that it was very, it was very frustrating and very infuriating. I mean, if anything, I mean, you admittedly, you guys were at the top of your game. I mean, 2018, you're coming off the absolute best year you've had. Um, I mean, everything just seemed to be like 
at a fever pitch and ready to go and ready to explode. And then, and then this blows up. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, you know, we get to the point you're fired. Like what, I mean, what's going through your mind as far as where to next? You know, I mean th- that, that at the time was all you were doing. Yeah. The, the, I, I had an initial kind of cooling off period at the time. So my, my, uh, I'm trying to think my benefits went to the end of the month. I lobbied CrossFit against to CrossFit to keep my benefits through December through December. Like, so our team got laid off and very with, with like staggered final days Hmm. with Sean's final day being December, meaning that they got benefits through the end of the year. And so I, I I lobbied to CrossFit that I should get my benefits through the end of the year, like the rest of the, the rest of our team. And that I shouldn't necessarily get that cut because I finished my work early, you know. And and so after that, there was honestly this weird kind of like limbo period for a couple of weeks where I'm just like, do I want to stay working in CrossFit? Like I'm going to keep doing CrossFit for the rest of my life, no matter what. Yeah. Like this this community and this methodology is a part of who I am. But do I want to make the, my livelihood dependent on that now? Because I've already been proven that my livelihood in this realm can be cut at the drop of a hat from someone who's who doesn't have my best interests in the uh, you know at heart. And so, as a result, I had went through a, a couple of weeks where I'm like, do I make the jump to something else? I had I I reached out and got some contact info from some people at CBS. Um, they're like, hey, you know, here's one of our you know, talent talent managers. Send your send your demo reel and all this stuff out there if you want. We'll see if if maybe there's some work. Um, you know, I might obviously have to like start down at the bottom again and like do a bunch of spend some time kind of grinding again. So there was that. There was the option to continue to do that, but not maybe at that same level and look, work locally. Sure. And that kind of crossed my mind. Um, I thought about going back to school for my original uh, field of study, which was uh, mental health services. So going back for um, either marriage and family therapist master's degree or maybe um, a postdoc, uh, a doctorate degree in the realm of mm-hmm. clinical psychology. So there, there was that for a little bit. And then at the same time, Marcin and Heber were both laid off too. And so every day just to get out of the house, I was going up to Marston's house and we were all kind of hanging out in his garage, just kind of like stewing and thinking what's next and working out and listening to music and just trying to find ways to be creative and do something. Sure. And for the longest time, for probably five years, I'd wanted to do a podcast, a CrossFit podcast. I pitched okay. it at HQ. Yeah. Got told no. And, 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 told no in a very condescending way basically saying like there's no what are you talking about nobody paid that's not going to hit the register and podcasting was still wasn't like this big deal at the time but i'm like no i think i think this is something here like i think we can get ahead of it and it was told no and i pitched it again later on was told no and funny enough uh the last time i pitched it i was told no and i asked why and they said because someone else wants to do it now and they're higher up on the ladder than you and that was sevon uh oh so it was like, oh yeah, this idea that you've been going, someone else wants it, and they yeah. get they get paid more than you, so <laughs> they get to do it. I'm like, all right, whatever. I mean, obviously, well, like, this and, is and then, different. Well, but then there's the whole side of it of being tied to HQ. At that point, would have been horrible, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. for 
you know, for you. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's that hindsight. And I don't even want to say hindsight's 2020 because 2020 is a, a swear word now yeah. <laughs> because of this year. But, you know, hindsight, you know, really is, I mean, you look back and you're like, oh man, I'm glad all these things lined up the way that they did. Cause if not, we, you know, who knows, who knows what would happen. Yeah. So, so you said you wanted to start a podcast. So how did, how did you get to the, who's So I'm assuming it was your idea to, to rope Sean in mm-hmm. and, and get this thing off the ground. So, so where, how did that jump make? Yeah. So, so I was, Sean had a couple more weeks, obviously like a month and a half to finish. And I'm sitting there kind of thinking like, okay, a podcast, a podcast, like, well, that's something I want to do. I think it's something we could do similar in a similar vein to the update show and provide some coverage of whatever the sport is going to look like. Mm -hmm. But we get to be a little bit longer form discussion. We get to do, we get to dive into some things and be less like newsy, like tied to eight minutes or less, you know, branch out and do some fun pop culture stuff more along the lines of what I considered the the OG um, ESPN Sports Center anchor kind of mantra, where they got to blend yeah. sports and pop culture. And that's what I was kind of raised in. So that's what I really enjoyed. I was also a big fan of Bill Simmons and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, The Ringer, his his website, and Grantland, his old website. So that all that stuff kind of felt like something I wanted to do. And so I pitched it Sean and I was and we kind of talked it through and podcasting was a very quick way to get the quality high and have the overhead be very low. Yeah. So it w- obviously we're going to be strapped for cash because we didn't technically have a job. Yeah. Uh, and along that w- along the way during that time frame Justin LaFranco reached out to me is like, "Hey, I want you to come right for the morning chalk up. I want I want to grow this thing and I want you to I I, I value your voice. Obviously you've been a respected analyst and you've helped me out with some of this stuff. Like I'd love to have you on the team and write for us. So that was like, okay, well that's a, that's a way to stay involved, work on my writing. You know, it's a reason to, you know, continue my focus on the community and it's a way to, you know, it's a source of income, obviously the way to allow me to continue to live. So yes. it, checked, it checked a lot of the boxes, and so we did that. So I, you know, said of course, and that relationship was started there, and working with them, and and then when Sean got done, I kind of took some 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 talking a little bit because he obviously he was going through that same cycle that I was going of do I need to look elsewhere? Is this what I want to do? Do I want to stay in? And kind of and eventually he came around. He's like, all right, let's do this. And right around Christmas time of 2018, we decided that we were going to do it figure out ways to kind of uh, and, and also the whole time when I was waiting for Sean I was looking up tech ideas and stuff like that like ways to do this and run it and so we were like all right let's obtain some equipment let's get some mics let's do this and by the first week of January we we're like all right we're gonna we're gonna jump into this and we're gonna we're gonna start the podcast uh, bounce some name ideas around with some people talk to some friends that we knew that could do some design work for us and we leaned heavily on some of our connections and people that we had some good faith in and that, you know, took care of us and were very generous with us and kind of got that off the ground uh, in January and started working on it January. And I think we launched. Yeah. January of 2019. Okay. Yeah. Trying to think. a week of that year was. was, You were at where you were, you at Wadapalooza that year and the following year. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, so, I mean, 
because some of my questions were who had you know who had the idea and we kind of answered that um and it was of course a risk because of you know it's free i mean at, at that point you're you, nobody's paying you to put on this podcast you're putting it out there to the world so when did you know okay we have something like it's this is going to be this is going to be something this is going to this is going to work so early on you know the there was some there was some interest in companies and get involved with us uh there were a lot of people that had reached out and they said hey just let us know how we can support you obviously but at the time there was a lot of hesitancy around the ecosystem of crossfit and investing significant money because no one knew what was going on you know volatility and change in the market doesn't create investor confidence necessarily and yeah so there was a lot of people like hey we're watching and we support you but we just got to let things play out a little bit. And we're like, okay, okay. You know, so we're kind of in this kind of holding pattern. And after, after Wadapalooza, and I'd have to double check, but there was, there was another round of layoffs during which, you know, names like, like our, like our good friend Rory and a ton of other people that had been there longer than us got laid off. Yeah. And, and that was almost like, kind of like the nail in cross nail in the coffin, coffin in like as CrossFit, in CrossFit HQ as we knew it, yeah, with all of the faces and all the people that people grew up with were basically gone after that point. And like they basically cleaned house and there was very few people left. And we did an episode basically talking about what had happened. Like more, <laughs> I think it was called more more layoffs at HQ. And it, we basically provided our insight and understanding from behind the curtain. Sure. And kind of talked about that. And that episode blew up. Mm. And that was that was the first episode that really registered on the the charts for mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts and everything like that. Yeah. And we I mean we jumped up the charts right away. And then our subscriber base and our average download started to pick back up. And I think it was one of those things where when there was there was another big like drop and change, everyone came and looked to us. There was yeah. all this stuff crazy going on. They're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? What's going on? Let's go to these guys. Confidence that like when, you know, stuff hits the fan, people will look to us for information. Yeah. So we need to A, be gracious for that and two, be good stewards of that and caretakers yeah. of that and, and continue to put out some good stuff. And along the way, there were some episodes like Matt Fraser's episode at, at, at 19.5 when he came on the podcast was a big hit. And that yep. was super helpful. And there was a couple episodes like that along the way that really bolstered people's reliability on around us. And but that was the first moment. And then we started to talk to some sponsors, and um, I started to put together like you know a pitch deck and and stuff that could kind of help sustain us long term. Sure. And that that was really the moment. Like, all right, we're gonna this is this has the potential to take care of us and make sure that we get our basic needs met. And yeah and still provide good content and we're going to pursue it that's awesome and and actually i remember that episode with the additional layoffs and i and i actually think whenever i would post anything i would post you know i'd share the link and be like hey if you want to know what's going on go here and go listen you know so that was one of the things that i would do is actually point people back to you guys podcast because it was a good explanation of i mean i i had people who have no affiliation whatsoever with CrossFit that know I do CrossFit coming to me and being like, what's going on? Like, I, I hear all this, you know, all this crap about CrossFit and this and this and this, you know, happening. 
they've never been in a gym in their life. And I could relay them back to, you know, podcasts like yours and be like, Hey, you want all the info? This is it. This is, this is kind of the layout of, of everything that's going on. So it's definitely, you know, it, it is a source of, you know, it, it is a beacon. It's one, it's one of those things that when things happen, just like your, your guys' interview with uh, Eric Rosa and, Oh, and by the way, thanks for the shout out. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I was listening and Sean's like, and we got a, a question from, from Stephen Wexler. I was like, Oh, Hey, thanks for, you know, name dropping me to the CEO, you know, right Heck off the yeah. But, you know, like interviews like that, that draw people directly, you know, okay, what's going on with the sport? Okay. Well, they talked to mm-hmm. Castro, they talked to Rosa, you know, they're talking to all the, the people that are making the decisions now and, and really seeing where things are being steered. And I mean, you guys are the, you know, I mean, you say sports center, but that, I mean, you guys are kind of the sports center of CrossFit now, you know, when it, I mean, you've got other, you know, other outlets and other people doing things as well, but I, I feel like the, the number one go back to is, is you guys in the show. So it's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Um, well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And I appreciate yeah. you sharing that information with everyone else. Cause that word of mouth stuff made a huge difference early on. And I mean, you guys, you're about to hit, I think number 100 on the episodes like i know you've done more than that with all your you know with all the extra you know extra episodes and things like that but your actual like episode i think you're right around that that you know triple digit stage this whereas week? yeah we're, we're sitting here at 10 <laughs> me, hey. me and you. yeah so you'll get there so, yeah i'm listening to what you're saying and taking notes myself i'm like okay so what can i do here to you know kind of make the show you know work a little bit better and um i've noticed as well as since being able to sit down and actually talk with people that it's just you know, people are like, oh, I'm getting so much more from it now than, you know, it, it's hard just being one person sitting there talking to an, to a microphone about just random things. It's like, oh, okay, so what's going on today? Hey, let, let's chat. So it's, it's been awesome. And, and, you know, thank you again for being on the show, you know, and, and kind of being, being part of that in, in the beginning of this one. Um, so, you know, with everything that's gone on, Obviously, you know, everybody's kind of sick of hearing about the COVID and all this sort of stuff. But 2020 being the year that it's been, uh, we have a lot of, I think, the the neat thing is we have a lot of things to look forward to when it comes to CrossFit um, itself. It was a very painful time, I think, for the community, but needed mm-hmm. because if we didn't go through what we went through, we would still be sitting with a CEO that hates the games and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and all those things. So we had to go through those really uncomfortable, painful times. Um, but with the state of 2020 and the future of the world and, and just everything that is going on right now um, with COVID, the, the new CrossFit season, the election, the important like question that I have is um, for 2021, can Marvel save the movie business and get us back on track and i know oh my this, gosh. this is a near and dear subject to your heart okay so can marvel save the 2021 and and movies in general and get us back on track and i've got the list of releases here in front of me as far as the things that are coming so uh i i will give you the marvel floor yes yes um uh let's see I'm I'm grabbing the release dates as as we speak, but uh, we'll start with Wandavision. Well, yes, we'll start with Wandavision. So I I am actually very very excited. So I think we have to define saving the movie business, right? 
Yeah. So we're talking like, you know, stream, stream, like live streaming, you know, home streaming type stuff, including that platform, because I think that's going to be a major driver going forward. And I think as long as that platform takes good care of people's general interest in, in theatrical releases, I think yeah. once the opportunity goes to a movie presents itself and you get some of the added bells and whistles and the and, you know, the surround sound and all those other things that that makes going to the movie special, I think that will make its. I think it'll be able to claw back, but it's it's going to be dependent on some of these movies actually being very good. Yeah, so, and, and the thing about this this whole time with COVID, like I feel like what what COVID has done is almost turned streaming platforms into the red box and mm-hmm. and basically making theaters go the way of blockbuster, yeah. where okay, I'm going to get it straight to home and we'll watch it and I'll just spend the extra money on a, you know, awesome surround sound system and. But I mean, there's still that that element of going to the theater that you can't match it. The movie so, popcorn, the movie popcorn, the candy options, oh, yeah. the, the social aspect of like a date night going out. Yeah. I think, uh, and you know what's you know what's interesting, and you kind of mentioned like you know I'm gonna spend the money on the the surround sound. Honestly, I think with how the economy is working right now, that like I think people are less willing to invest in something like say a big surround sound system once we start to get out outside of this, than say maybe you know eight to 10 bucks on a movie ticket to go like that. And I think, um, I think, I think Marvel choosing a combination of theatrical releases and streaming platforms for series like WandaVision, I think is going to be huge. I'm, I'm particularly yeah. really excited for WandaVision because I think there's going to be some, I think it's going to, there's going to be some elements that, that set the table for the rest of the MCU going forward in this next phase. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to dive into that or not, but well, so, so I'm just going to run down the, the the title list and kind of the release, sure. kind of the release in in release order. So you've got WandaVision, you got Morbius, Black Widow, which is going to be a year past what originally supposed to come out. Um, that's coming out in May of 21. You've got Venom, which they're going to incorporate into the MCU. From all rumors are pointing to that coming back. Uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Spider-Man 3 and The Eternals on the same day in November 20, I think it's November 5th, uh, 2021. So they're both going to come out and release the same day. Then you have Thor, Love and Thunder in February of 22, of 22. Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Black Panther 2, um, Captain Marvel 2, and then the two be announced, you have Ant-Man 3, Blade, Guardians 3, and then possibly Deadpool joining up into the MCU with all this stuff so yeah <laughs> like ooh, so, ooh, ooh. what one thing that was left out was uh falcon and the winter soldier oh you know what that didn't show up on my on the when i googled it it didn't show up on the list but yes you're right and i don't I know don't, where that drops in i don't think they've set a, a release date because they pushed it back because they had to do some reshoots and they were redoing some stuff but uh because that's going to be a disney plus series but yeah. um yeah it's uh I think WandaVision is going to be huge in terms of like, because what you, what you talked about is, is some of those elements from like the Sony properties, like yeah. Venom, uh, like Deadpool, all the other mutants, uh, mm-hmm. X-Men and, and working those into the MCU. And I believe Wanda Maximoff is technically a mutant. Um, so rap using yeah, her, her and her brother were both, um, they were in both series, right? Weren't they in the yes. X-Men at some point? Yeah. And I and I believe Marvel is shifting the the language around, and it, 
there was a there was the Wakanda Files, which is like a book that was just recently released, and it's like the oh. Journal of Shuri, and like and it reveals a ton of information about the series. And sure. I think I think it and it may be there or maybe just be in discussion, but talking about how instead of the Mind Stone being the source of Wanda Maximoff's powers and and her brother uh, Quicksilver, the Mind Stone is ultimately what unlocked the mutant gene in them and ramped it up and acted as like a catalyst for it. Okay. So I think there may be some, they, they were never clear on it in the first, in age of Ultron to begin with, but I yeah. think that's how they're going to work it into the canon to let her be the bridge between mutant kind and, um, and, you know, superheroes and everything like that. And I think, so one of, one of the major comics uh, Marvel Comics is the House of M series when Wanda Maximoff loses her mind. She basically uh-huh. be, uh, goes crazy and she basically wipes out all mutants on, on Earth and like starts bending reality with all of her powers. And I think that's what this series is going to want. Uh, WandaVision is going to be loosely based around like creating her own bubble reality. And there's a bunch of hints to that already. Yeah. Think, with different, like the 1950s and like all the different, you know, scenes and family scenes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and, and I think that Ultimately, she is going to have a major part. I think she's supposed to be part of the antagonist in the next Doctor Strange, yeah. uh, along with a, a host of other villains and things like that. And I think there, what, uh, WandaVision is going to be introducing mutants in the form, mutants to the MCU in the form of her kids. Okay. So uh, Wiccan and Speed, which uh, Billy and Tommy are their names, and you can see the their their initials on the on the. Uh, of like you know you have like your kids initials on your on your um, refrigerator door with like the stuff yeah. that they painted in one of the scenes you see a b and a t there and they're holding and she's holding two babies which yeah. in one of the sequences and one of the babies has like a glowing red hand which is like uh, an could be wiccan so it lets you know that she that baby has the chaos magic just like her so i think there's gonna be a ton of tie-ins going forward with that which is why they're holding firm on that release date as the yeah. first to make sure that it sets the stage for a ton of others. But uh, honestly, like that whole slate, you look at Morbius having uh vulture clips of, uh, of, of yeah. vulture in, in that, in that um, trailer, I think venom, this one being, being called let there be carnage, you know, sets up the carnage character as someone who's been an ant- antagonist for Spider-Man and a bunch of the heroes all the time. And there's some awesome carnage comics that, that they could uh, they could they could work in, and I think obviously Deadpool bringing like R-rated MCU movies, you know, which would be phenomenal. And, yeah. and I just think I think right now they're outside of that initial like uh, Infinity Saga, and so they're going to just kind of tie everyone in together, kind of more in line with what the comics books have been in terms of like crossovers. Yeah, and and I think we have a a a wide like a wide stretch of of where we can go here. The expectation with what they did with the first set or you know with the infinity saga it, we had never seen anything like it before so you go from this um where we don't know what to expect and then all of a sudden they start tying in it's like oh 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 i i, I see <laughs> and then you see all this stuff kind of kind of tie in and i'll i'll randomly just go through you know i'll be bored one day and be like yep we're going through the mcu i'll throw on mm-hmm. captain america go to captain marvel Go to Iron Man, go all the and, and start going through it, and I'm I'm taking my kids through it, you know, all all three of them that can under you know watch and understand, and um, 
And it's just fun to even now I'll see things and I'm like, ooh, I didn't see that before. Like, I, oh, I didn't notice that little, you know, that little flash that they did over here of this. Um, so we have an expectation of how they are going to do it. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they might change it up to kind of exceed our expectation. Like, I'm going to be honest, as far as WandaVision, for me going into it, I'm going into it kind of like I went into Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Um, so the original Guardians of the Galaxy, I didn't know much about. Yeah, they weren't a, they weren't a big they weren't a big uh, comic book property. They're kind of like yeah. a ni- a niche like like if you know them, you really like them. But other yeah. than that, they're kind of like this misfit band of uh, kind of like how they are in the in the actual movie. And, that, and that's what I got from the preview. But I watched the preview, and I don't even th- I actually did not go see that one in the theater. So I had seen all the other Marvel movies in in the theater. Didn't see that one. I saw you know this raccoon and this walking tree, and I'm like. This, this kind of, you know, looks to me, I was like, oh, this looks like it's going to be like kiddish and stupid and, and all mm-hmm. this ended up like renting out a red box and watching it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is <laughs> the best movie in the world. Like, this is one of the best ones that I've seen. And it's to date my one of my wife and mine, you know, absolute favorite movies. Um, the one I'm curious about, though, and it's almost maybe it's maybe because of how far removed it is and it should have come out last year, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, why is Black Widow? And seeing how that's going to tie something else in, because it's going to have to tie some other things in. Because to just go back and do a story on on Black Widow at this point kind of feels like we're just you know doing something that should have been done a long time ago. Yeah, for sure. And, and and even when it was originally uh, slated to come out, it felt like maybe it was like more of a tribute movie to Black Widow, who like kind of got overshadowed in the mid in the mix in the midst of like the grandeur that was Endgame, you know, and yeah. it just felt like she was kind of like a sacrifice along the way, like quite literally. But I mean, so I thought they were like giving her her due as 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 a character in that regard. But I think there's some ways and there's some speculation about ways that why what the actual premise of the movie and what some ways that they can actually rework some things to build bridges. One of which yeah. being that if there's, if there's mutants now in the MCU that like, maybe, maybe like those scenes of like that prison in Siberia that she's breaking like the red guardian out of like, yeah, maybe Peter Rasputin, AKA Colossus is in there. And maybe there's some other people that she breaks out and yeah. maybe she like, you know, gets her ledger clean by pulling, like saving all these other mutants and heroes and, that could be a, a big introduction for some of the other X-Men and mutants and things like that. So um, I, I, I had that, that like very much like you, that's a big hmm for me, you know, yeah. like how does this play into the greater events and does this shed some new light on, on Endgame or the Infinity Saga that will kind of paint a direction going forward? Yeah. But I, I'm very curious about that, especially with the delays and the fact that they've been insistent on keeping this thing as, you know, Theater obviously. Movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Scarlett Johansson fan, so <laughs> I'm gonna go watch the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Regardless, I'm going to watch the movie. Um, the other one that's interesting to me, and I don't know if you've done the Google search on this one, but um, Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Have you seen the Google search on the cast? Uh, some of it. Yeah. Uh, which specifically? The rumor to the multiverse of madness is that the cast is going to include Tobey Maguire. Oh um, yes. Garfield, like the, the, all the other 
Spider-Man. <laughs> so yeah, so, so so I've actually heard that as part of the third Spider-Man and not Multiverse of Madness because Doctor Strange was confirmed to be in Spider-Man three. Okay. So I um I heard that that the next Spider-Man will include Doctor Strange and that there'll be a tie-in between the two movies and that we could get uh, a, almost like a real life into the into the Spider-Verse type interaction between a bunch of the the different Spider-Men and um there's a a concept in the Spider-Man comics called the web of life. It's almost uh -huh. like, um, it's almost like in, uh, it's almost like uh, what's it, like the creator in the matrix where he's like sitting there looking at like all the different stuff that's going on. There's like this one, there's the web of life is all the different multiverses with Spider-Man's yeah. like tied into one location and like one hub, you know? So right. I'm curious. And, and I've heard that. Well, what I would like to see is that through Morbius and through Venom, they set up a Sinister Six situation, and that the the multiverse of of uh, of Spider Man is needed to help battle the combat the Sinister Six, which would be really cool. Yeah, as long as Tommy McGuire is not dancing. I'm oh man! Oh god! <laughs> Spider Man Three is, is, is to me was the worst movie. Oh, of, so bad. Was I do I did love that they that they um picked at it in um into the Spider Verse though. Oh yeah, 100%. And this happened. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then there's the, you know like the the other ones that you know haven't been mentioned. You know like Ant Man three doesn't have a date. Blade Guardians three because all the controversy around Guardians and and um, directors and all that sort of thing. Um, what was there was the other one? There's another one floating out there that I can't remember. Uh, right. so there's Guardians 2, Thor 4, I'm trying to think of any, hmm. Then Black Panther's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope, yeah, I think they're probably gonna do their due diligence and take some time on this one, but. That, well, I mean, they have to, they, they have to, it's, I mean, you could, I mean, they're going to have to obviously kill them off. Um, yeah. And based on the comic books, Shuri is going to come in and take the role. Yeah, but, yeah, she she becomes but, yeah, yep. But, but whether she keeps it is the is the question. Um, I've heard people talking about bringing Killmonger back, mm -hmm. which kind of I, I don't know that I'm like I loved his character and I I loved him as that as, as in that whole thing, but I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. not a fan. Of bringing yeah. him. <laughs> and, and, and there's still the like like the Eternals, which I think is going to be serve as like a bigger a bigger like um, historical educationary piece on like the universe and how everything kind of came to be. Yeah, because there's a lineage of how the Eternals were created and a bunch of other stuff that's going on. Um, I'm trying to think what the uh, there was one other one that you mentioned that was uh, in phase four that I was really excited to see. Hmm. I'm I'm excited for Blade. Ah yes, yeah, and look. Oh, okay, that's what it was. Loki Lo was it. It was another one that I want to see, because there's in the seat in the, like this the little teaser we got. He's got the time variance authority, uh, yeah. uh, patch on his like prisoner suit, which is basically like the time cops of the multiverse. And uh -huh. I think I think the minute Loki like zipped away with with uh with the tesseract, I think everybody was like, okay. What's this branch timeline gonna look like? Because yeah, I mean, yeah, he's kind of a fan favorite. Yeah, it. He's obviously a fan favorite. I mean, he's. I, I mean, really, there's not a bad character in the bunch. 
I, even the villains, you're just like, oh man, they they played them perfect. Um, and all those characters in Thor were just were just fantastic. So it'll be interesting to see how that that turns back around because Guardians three should have Thor as well, based yeah. off of the end of Endgame. Yeah. Oh and, man, there's I'm looking I'm looking it up now, and there's so many ones like uh, that. And this I should say this I think there will be maybe looser connections across the board around the entire Marvel uh, 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 property than there okay. were in the Affinity Saga. Like everything kind of directly funneled into one final end game, if you will. Yeah. I think I think they'll keep those common threads, but I don't know if they'll be as directly because they're introducing so many new characters like She-Hulk and Moon Knight, uh, oh, yeah. Miss Miss Marvel, um, you know, obviously Blade coming in, and I think they'll operate at different levels, like you know, like the the neighborhood friendly neighborhood Spider-Man versus like the global type of entity that Iron Man was versus like the cosmic entity of like Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor. So I think I think they may let. They may have like tie-ins, but it won't be as like directly involved as yeah. it was in the past. Well, and there's also talk about um, bringing in, speaking of Marvel and their and their tie-ins, is bringing in Daredevil. Ah, yes. Oh, and cool. Actually, bringing back Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was he, that that whole series was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Daredevil, Luke Cage. Um, yep. What? Uh, had Iron Hawk. Fist too. But, well, we uh, talk about that. yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> that was very good. Um, <laughs> um, oh, the girl, I can see her. Um, Jones. Oh, Jessica, oh, J- uh, Jessica Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Who who had one of my favorite villains of all time um, was uh, David Tennant's character. Oh and yeah, yeah. He, oh, what's his name? I, it's driving me nuts. Uh, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Not Killmonger, because that was. Oh, that's that's gonna bug me. But yeah, no, I know. David Tennant played. Not Kilroy. It's a uh, Purple Man. Yeah. Uh, a Killgrave. Killgrave. Kill I knew it was, it was Kill. <laughs> I knew it was something Kill. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just an incredible character, and I I like him as an actor from Doctor Who. You know, I mean, that's a whole nother That's a whole nother nerd. <laughs> nerd journey there um so kind of making a big shift and i i kind of prefaced this one for you and sent this one to you a little bit earlier um going back into the sports into the sports world and this year is the first year and i think four maybe five years i haven't played fantasy football ah Uh, mostly because somebody came to me and was like hey uh, we're gonna start a league it's gonna be 50 bucks and I looked at them and said, "You can't even guarantee me that any of these players are going to play. No way. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not putting money into a, a league where half my team is out for COVID. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, but I love fantasy football. And given your um, love for sports and, uh, and and the betting side of it, uh, I'm assuming you are a fantasy football player. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I've got three yeah. teams going right now." <laughs> So, so I sent you a text earlier and I said, okay, I want you to think about your fantasy football team, but not just any fantasy football team. If you were going to put together a all time fantasy football team, who are your players? I, I wrote it out as, you know, basically one, one quarterback. I'm, I'm kind of going starters, not really including bench, but one quarterback, 
two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, your flex, and then your D and your kicker. Okay, so so say that one more time. Let me just so make got, sure. We'll, we'll we'll run down it. So we got the quarterback, then you got two running backs, two wide receivers. Mm-hmm. You got a tight end, and then you've got a flex position, which could be a running back, wide receiver, tight end, mm-hmm. and then your defense. Now I would say with the defense, so as far as an all time, I'm thinking, okay, somebody I'm going to take over their career as far as, you know, who, you know, whose numbers really add up, you know, as far as career wise, but as far as the defense, we're looking at probably a specific year because each one we're looking at individual players, whereas the defense we're looking at the whole team Mm -hmm. and then your kicker, which throw anybody you want in there. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. so I will, I will tell you, um, so my quarterback, We'll, we'll, we'll start there. Yep. My quarterback, um, I, I went through a couple different ones. Um, Steve Young was on there just because of his versatility mm-hmm. and his, his overall, you know, his accuracy, left-handed. I mean, the guy was kind of an, an enigma. Um, so Steve Young was in the running. Um, also Brett Favre, but he threw way too many interceptions. Um, but if you need a 500-yard game, you know, he's going he's gonna to throw one for you at some point. Um, I went back and forth with, with a couple of others. I mean, you can throw out Montana and you can put Brady in the mix, of course, mm-hmm. but if I'm going to pick a fantasy football team and I'm going to put a quarterback in and this is in his prime, I'm taking Michael Vick. Oh my gosh. So that's funny. My pick, <laughs> I, I wrote down specifically some of the years that I, I wanted. Mm-hmm. I, so here's the thing. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm playing this like for fun and I just want to like make from both a dual threat, like, yeah, Michael Vick. Yeah. Practically, like, anyone, putting anyone but Patrick Mahomes right now, given, like, his oh. playmaking ability and, like, his ability to, like, throw the football at, like, eight different angles from a million different ways, like, obviously, they would take that in today's league. Yeah. But I think, I, what year was it? What was his first year back with the, the Eagles? Oh, gosh. I want to say it was 20, 2010. I, so I want to say, yeah, 2010, 2011. Yeah. That year with the Eagles single-handedly won me like $1,500 in a, in a, <laughs> in a fantasy football pool, uh, down at the, like the local pub in my hometown that does an old school, like touchdowns only league. And, okay. and it, they do all the scoring by hand. And it's like, a, they've been doing this league since like the eighties. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and he, Drafting Michael Vick like won me so much money that he will always be my first pick in that regard. <laughs> so okay, so is he is he your? Oh yeah, is, he's my guy. Yeah, because I mean, you get more bang for your buck with somebody who can run as well, because yeah. touchdowns are only worth four in most leagues for a passing touchdown, or he runs it in for six. I'm gonna take the six all day. Oh, yeah. And no, he's gonna run at least one, and he's gonna break easily 30 to 50 yards at some point in that game and then that game i can't even i want to say was it the giants or the vikings where he just like he was still with atlanta it was before he went you know went to prison and and all that where he just single-handedly ran the ball and i mean we're talking juke and left and right and just like every other play he was down the field it was it was just incredible um, okay, so running backs. So I will, I will, okay. go, I, I will turn it over to you. And remember, we're picking two um, with running backs, wide receivers. 
I got my two, and it's like not even close for me. Okay. Uh, they're two dual threat running backs being great pass catchers out of the backfield uh, and being absolute monsters in their prime between the tackles, being able to make people miss and punch the ball in, not needing a change of pace back. This really like exactly what what I have. (laughs) So uh, for for me, it's LaDainian Tomlinson Uh and Marshall Falk. Ooh, okay. Okay. So I think think Marshall Falk uh, and both, they're they're such good great pass catchers they've got like i think the two if you so before last season like lt and marshall falk had two of the three top single fantasy seasons of all time and they both have i think multiple i know priest holmes is another other another one that i was like really close on but both both lt and marshall falk have have two of the two in the top 10 each of the best fantasy seasons of all time. And I think Mar- Marshall Falk in like the greatest show on turf, like what he was able to do as a dual threat that gets so lost him and LT both. And it's just Marshall obviously got, they got to win a super bowl, but I think LT's greatness gets lost on the fact that he was on perennially underperforming uh, chargers teams in the AFC. Well, I mean, he played with Philip Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I'm not a Philip Rivers fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, kids. He's, he's got interceptions for each one of them. He just, um, <laughs> he, I've, I've just never been a Philip Rivers fan, even when he was back with NC State. Kind of the hothead. Like I just, I'm like, you got, you're hotheaded, but you're not winning. So, like, you're not backing it up. So I, I was never a Philip Rivers fan. So I was always voting against the Chargers. Now I can actually vote for the Chargers because he's gone, and now I vote against the Colts. But, but so I have I have Elsie. I, I definitely had him down. My other one, and this is more based on the fact that his career. I don't want to say it was cut short. Um, oh. be, well, no, you, I may I may. So there's two people I'm th- you're thinking of. I think right now, um, one the career was cut short. The other one he cut it short. Yes. Um, Barry Sanders. Yeah, so that's who I was thinking of yeah. because he said the the famous like did he say I'm tired or did he actually retire and then he just went with it like why did he leave the game so soon yeah oh yeah well I mean the Colts making people retire since <laughs> <laughs> him Calvin Johnson like guys who are in the prime of their career and he's what number th- I want to say number three on the all time rushing and he only Insane. and he only rushed for ten years he he only played for ten years. In um, comparison, your uh, your your cowboy Emmett Smith was uh, 16, 17 years in the league, huh. and he eclipsed. I mean, he obviously eclipsed Barry, Barry Sanders, but the numbers wise, Barry Sanders crushed him on all fronts. Had yeah. he played and played on a good team, because again, he played on Detroit, so a very underperforming team with all the mess that 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 team is still they i mean he would have been just incredible so in his prime i take barry sanders now he's not a dual threat as much um i think in his career he only caught like 11 touchdowns but he was also one of those players once you put the ball in his hand didn't matter like throw it or or hand it the guy made people miss now you're going to take losses but for the most part you're going to you're going to average out pretty good he was also like the only option on on like those lions teams back in the day that like 
they had Herman Moore a couple times, but like that was about it. There was nobody else on that team, and they're stacking the box against you. So yeah, it's the other still thing, impressive. He was doing that with a team that was awful. You know, he's you know he's lining up behind a line that can't protect anybody, and and he's still making these plays because he had to to save his life. But he's he, I mean, generally was not injured. I mean, he mm-hmm. he was pretty healthy throughout his career and just decided to quit because he was tired of losing and they wouldn't trade him. So he just, he retired. He called it, called it quits. And I, so those are my two LT and, and Barry Sanders and underneath it, I have Emmett and I also have Bo Jackson. Oh, because yeah, that's, that's the one that when I said career cut short is if he doesn't get injured, Oh man, we're, we're talking about a whole different, ball game that guy was a monster and he didn't even play full seasons because he would play you know he'd he'd finish out his his baseball season and then come like four games in and just wreck shop god that god imagine if no offense to him because obviously he's a great athlete but like even like the you don't know bow series like he didn't have the greatest like work ethic outside of actually competing like he's like i didn't really lift weights you know like He's like, I'm just trying to play the game, you know? I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. He was uh, just probably one of my favorite. And, and that is right around the time I became a Raider fan. Um, and I you know, became a Raider fan when I was eight years old. I met a defensive lineman. He was the biggest guy I'd ever seen in my life. And then I saw him on TV, and I was like, oh, cool. So I just started following the Raiders. And, um, and he was on that team. It was back in 88. And just watching him run over Brian Bosworth. I mean, it was just, it's it just the things he did. Ended his career, ended his career, and basically. Yeah, it, it did. It, and I remember that, I think it was the same game, or I know it was against Seattle, because he ran a touchdown up the sideline and just ran into the tunnel and just kept running. <laughs> like, he just he just disappeared. <laughs> and uh, it. Yeah, it, he, was, he was incredible. So had he been healthy, I would have loved to have seen Bo Jackson finish out his career. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the first half of my interview with Tommy Marquez from Talking Elite Fitness. We had a fantastic time. We had a lot of fun just cutting it up. Uh, Tommy is great. He has been a huge help for me when it comes to just information in CrossFit. Um, He and I text back and forth, whether he's helping me out with a competition, answering a question I have with podcasts. He has been just fantastic, Uh, just a fantastic human being. So I I, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. And I hope that you stick around to hear part two coming very, very soon. You have to if you want to find out the rest of his picks for his fantasy football team. We had a great time talking about all that and talking about Marvel and just kind of nerding out with, uh, with, with those sorts of things. As always, remember, go check out Duke Cannon Supply Company. Uh, Duke Cannon is, in my opinion, one of the best products out there to keep you smelling fresh, smelling great, uh, but also keep you protected. This uh, Duke Cannon offensively large lip balm, which I love because it's a friend of mine at the uh, latest CrossFit competition I was at, the Reindeer Rumble, which, by the way, my daughter was on CrossFit.com's Instagram and Facebook page post um, doing the Bear Complex on uh, on Sunday, December 6th. I'm trying to remember the day. So if you go back and look at December 6th, you'll see uh, my daughter, my little seven-year-old monster out there competing but uh, a buddy of mine had a regular 
Carmax um, lip balm, and he pulled it out. I pulled this one out. If you're watching this on the video, I pulled this uh, Duke Cannon offensively large lip balm, and it was easily like three to four times larger than that. So if you're seeing this in the video, it's uh, it's big. So I love it. it smells like uh, Junior Mints, so I'm a fan. Go check out all the products. Like I said, use the promo code BBWEX10 to get yourself 10% off your first order and get yourself smelling great for the holidays and, and get hooked up. Also, make sure you head over to our social media pages. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook are the three main places. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZooCoachWex. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook, it's Wex Appeal Podcast. Uh, if you just search those two names on Facebook or Instagram, you'll find us there. And same on YouTube. If you go and search Wax Appeal Podcast, you'll find it. You'll pop up and you'll see the video version of what you're listening to right now if you're not watching it already. Go like, subscribe, share. Get the word out there. The more people we have following and watching the the shows, the, the more guests we can have because they'll look at that and say, hey, people are actually listening and, uh, and I'll go on that show. That sounds like fun. And we've had a great time with all of our guests, so I want to, you know, especially thank Tommy for all the time he's put into these these two episodes that are that are coming, the one you just listened to and the one that's coming. Man, what a day! What a what a uh, podcast! So, I will leave you with that. Coming up very soon, we are going to have part two of this episode where you hear all of the rest of Tommy's picks. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, be good to each other. Have a very happy and safe holiday season. Whether you're out shopping just traveling, any of those things, make sure you're safe and uh, have a good one. Peace.